Hello and welcome back to Dr. Quackers and today we're reviewing Iron Man 3. Uh, yes, just like the previous episodes, my voice is still bad, but if this is your first episode, might as well let you know. Lost my voice, slowly coming back. Yeah, that's all I gotta say. Let's get into the review. The first film that made me question the future of the MCU after I first saw it. Uh, I'm not joking, this was the follow-up film to The Avengers, uh, the film that solidified the superhero genre today. But my rewatch has changed my mind. Uh, now, this is still not a good movie, but it's not awful. Yeah, I remember absolutely hating this movie the first time I saw it. I thought there was nothing good about it, nothing in it that was redeeming. But uh, I'm a little bit wrong. It's a hot mess, but at least it's an interesting watch. I would much rather watch this movie ten times than watch Ghostbusters 2016 again. I don't ever want to watch that movie again. Yeah, that's... I think that's one of the best ways to describe it. It's not good, but it's not the worst for sure. Um, now, I'm gonna get in... I'm gonna get the obvious points out of the way because there's some just obvious shit uh, that most people pretty much unanimously agree on. The story sucks. It's super predictable and doesn't know what it wants to be, constantly flip-flopping what kind of superhero movie it is. Um, what I mean by that is that at one minute it's trying to be the deconstruction of the superhero, him not knowing what he what he could do to face threats like he, that he did in the Avengers film, and then all of a sudden it becomes some big stupid bombastic film. Like it's just really it makes no sense. It doesn't really know. So one minute. It's a deconstruction on how he fails as a superhero by being like, look, he made all your demons. I'm the bad guy because you were a dick to me one time. And she's also a bad guy because you had sex with her and then drunkenly wrote down the answer to the question, but didn't call her back. And I'm like, okay, why are we doing the whole angle on him having like, you know, dealing with his own self demons and dealing with the fact that he doesn't know what to do about threats from people like Thanos. So it's like, pick one or the other. Either have this movie about him facing demons from his past before he turned his life around, or have him deal with the current complications he's facing, not knowing what to do, being though he's just a regular motherfucker in an Iron Man suit, fighting gods and aliens. One of the two, it makes it really muddled. At least it is to me. It bugs the shit out of me. Pick one or the other. The villain is awful. This movie definitely adds to the critique of the MCU of having usually shitty villains. One note, one movie, bang, they're gone. That's it. And that's exactly what happens with this one. Now, there's some people out there that's like, well, they fixed the Mandarin issue with Shang-Chi. No, they didn't, okay? This is still stupid. It's still a stupid twist. It's So, here's the thing. If you haven't seen this movie, which would amaze me, because this is one of the biggest franchises ever, and, and Iron Man probably being the most popular besides Spider-Man um, and Captain America. Basically, one of Iron Man's biggest villains, the Mandarin, okay? So, they, they use him as, like, a terrorist, and, like, a, you know, and I was like, okay, that's interesting. I could go for it. He doesn't have the magic ten rings. 
but I'm down. It's one of the few Iron Man villains I actually like seeing. So I was like, okay, let's see how this goes. And it's Ben Kingsley, a great choice. And I'm like, okay, cool. And then it's not him. It's, it's a guy, an actor that's pretending to be that terrorist. Well, uh, Kit Killian, the villain, the guy that, the you know, Iron Man that, that tricked, and then that really just blew him off, is actually the Mandarin. And they have these stupid burning regenerative power things. Basically this plant that can make people regrow limbs and make, make them really hot, but also super strong and super reflexes and can breathe fucking fire. That's another big dumb thing about this. The villain powers are like, cause there's multiple. There's, it's not just one dude that has his powers. It's multiple people that have like these fire regen powers. It's, there's like no limit to this shit. Like every time one shows up, all of a sudden they have some new fucking power. It's like, what, how, how? You gotta, you, you can't just, just add shit. Just add shit randomly, okay? Have some consistency. Because some people take it and then they explode, okay? And then other people not. They never explain why some people can't handle it. They just will be like, some people can handle it, some people can't. That's as deep as they go into it. Uh, if they if they can't take it, they blow up. They become bombs. And that's what they're using as like a terrorist bomb. Basically like suicide bombers. And then other people, they're like getting their limbs fucking chopped off. Some dude gets like blasted in the face. Like his face is literally blown the fuck off. You could like, there's a hole in his head. And then he fucking comes back and rejects. What's this, like, the reason why I critique that and like how much damage doesn't mean like, I, I mean, Wolverine essentially does the same thing. Except he consistently does it. Because at the end of the movie, I mean, honor, honestly, it, it could have been really cool. Iron Man calls in like a fuck ton of suits. He's just building a fuck ton of Iron Man suits. And it's, so Jarvis is like controlling all the suits while like Tony has like one and they're all fighting all the shit. And like Rhodey, he's running around trying to like save the president with the fucking war machine suit, the Iron Patriot. I don't fucking care. I'm going to call it the war machine suit because it's only in it for one movie. And all of a sudden the Iron Man suit can kill them. Even though previously in the movie using the same technology, couldn't kill him. It's fucking stupid and it makes no sense. I don't know why they did it this way and they made him overpowered and then like nerfed him at the very end. Except for Audrey's killing. That dude is fucking broken for no reason. I don't get it. Why is he any better than any of the other guys? It makes no sense. Okay? They don't explain it. So it just goes, I don't know. Because fuck you. That's essentially how, how they write it. It's very poor writing makes no sense because they they try like oh isn't this switcheroo smart that it's actually killian and we have this actor named trevor my name trevor it's dumb okay i don't like it now here's the thing i actually liked the trevor character in other things i actually liked his role in shang chi but it still doesn't take away how dumb it is in this movie all right i don't care if they try and fix it with the uh, all the like, hail to the king that little fucking MCU short thing. I don't care. It makes no sense to me. And I don't like it. It's dumb. Yeah. It just keeps it. It's dumb if I keep rattling on about it. Anyway. Robert Downey Jr. is fantastic as usual. As Tony Stark. Him and War Machine. Don Cheadle. Uh, War Machine from the second film. Have a great chemistry together. It's, they're in a dating. You can 
Billy and Tommy actors get along, and the characters are great. One of the best, one of the few well-written parts of this movie. Ben Kingsley does give a great performance, but the character's stupid, so unfortunately I can't give him high praise. I think he's really good with the accents. I think it's just great. I mean, he can, it, it works in other movies, it worked in Shang-Chi, but yeah, he gives a great performance, but it's kind of wasted. Uh, Ty uh, Simpkins was a surprise. He plays a young boy that Tony stumbles upon when he's trying to fix his suit because uh, he has a prototype suit and it doesn't fully work yet. Uh, my favorite scenes are between him and Robert Downey Jr. It's the best part of the movie, uh, him with the little kid. And I kind of hope that that guy is the one that kind of replaces the mantle of Iron Man instead of somebody else. Um, if any, it's either it's got to be either Tony Stark's daughter or him. I don't want anyone else to be Iron Man. But yeah, I think it's really funny. Uh, they have definitely my favorite scenes. It's legitimately the brightest part of this movie. Um, it does definitely help bring some boost up. Like if they just did a lot of, if, if they just focused on Tony dealing with himself and the PTSD he's facing, and like having this kid part of it, you can have the same villain. But, like, the way they set it up is really stupid. It's like, either have him deal with his own issues or have him deal with, like, the past, the demons of the past. Don't don't have both, okay? It really makes it muddled. And it's like, wait, so which... What, what, what's he going to deal with at the, by the end? So by the end, they're like, I dealt with both, but not really. It's, I don't know. It's just kind of dumb. I don't like it. Uh, Paul Bettany does a great voice performance as Jarvis. I think he's a little underrated in terms of, like, the performance most people just go. He's great as Vision. I, he also was Jarvis for the longest time. That's why they brought him in as Vision, because he was great, all right? It's good. I like him as Jarvis. He's a good voice. I think it blends really well with Tony. Um, yeah, even though like, he's not there. So I think that's what really makes it a great performance for Paul Bettany. He's able to add that charm to the relationship that they share, because he's an artificial intelligence. Um, yeah. So I really like that part. But yeah, best part of this movie is definitely between, uh, in terms of scenes and characters, is between the boy and uh, Robert Downey Jr. It's just super fun to watch, and it legitimately makes me laugh. It's a really great scene. There's one in particular. I don't want to spoil it. I think you should watch that scene. It's between him and like as he's about to leave to go to ten uh, to leave Tennessee. Super funny. The only good part of this story is Tony having to deal with PTSD after the events in New York. It's pleasantly unique compared to other superhero films. Most movies don't depict the hardships of heroism in that way. The only way I can think of that's similar to it is Spider-Man 2 with Tobey Maguire. That's the only other one I can really think of that kind of gets close to the same kind of idea. It also really works with Tony because you don't really get a vulnerable Iron Man in that way. It's always him overcoming like in a more physical sense not so much that cop that part of him so i think that's really interesting I, I, mean, I think that they dealt with that side really well like him having to you know be iron man without a, without like parts of his suit because his suit was down he was having problems and they like blew, blew up his house and a whole bunch of shit so i think that part was done really well like you see him going to like i think it was like a home depot or whatever he like buys a bunch of shit and he makes his own little weapons and stuff and there's like the scene where he does like he like sneaks in there's like a secret uh, secret agent mission into the facility that was housing the mandarin in miami 
So I think that's done really well. I thought it was really interesting to see because you don't really get a Tony out of the suit doing that kind of stuff. So I think that's the only real bright spot in terms of the story besides uh, Robert Roy favorite part of this movie is Robert Potts. Now, it might have to do with mainly that I don't like Gwyneth Paltrow. Um, I, I, she's a snake oil salesman and it bugs the shit out of me. I know most people would know that. Um, I don't think she's a bad actress. Um, sometimes. I don't know. I just don't really enjoy her Pepper Potts. And they really overly use her in this movie. Um, and it's kind of weird because like for the majority of the movie, she's complaining about, to Tony about how he spent all his time making these suits, blah, 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 blah. And then at the very end of the movie, it's like, oh, well, if you didn't do all that time, well, we would have got killed by the Mandarin. Because by the end of the movie, instead of Tony, you know, being able to step up to the plate and save the day, instead, because uh, Pepper was injected with that same, like, super soldier serum that was in all the bad guys, she's the one that beats the fuck out of Kimmy. But here's my problem. It isn't that she has, like, these newfound superpowers and helps, you know, Tony save the day. I have no problem with the female superhero or the female saving the day. I have no problem with it. One of my favorite climaxes of the film is Ripley fighting the alien Illuminati. So, it's not that. It's that out of fucking nowhere, she's doing, like, all these crazy-ass flips and shit all this like fighting moves and fucking shit when every other movie and even early in the movie she was never she never knew any of that shit so how the fuck was she able to do that you don't you don't just learn you don't you don't just get superpowers that you don't know how to use you've never used them before in every fucking superhero movie there's a certain x amount of time in the origin story where they're learning how to use their powers so out of fucking nowhere, she just knows how to use all her powers, learns how to fight, and just kicks the fuck out of Killian. Which I'm like, how? Okay? How? And then she's like, oh, I see why you don't want to give up your suits. Maybe I shouldn't give you this much shit about, you know, what you're doing. And then he's like, no, you can fight. But she really wasn't. It wasn't really wrong to, you know, make a bunch of shit that you you know, used to save the earth because without it, uh, the Mandarin, the, the Mandarin, I say with the fucking, the quote figures, quote unquote, the Mandarin, would it fucking destroy the world? He's gonna kill the, the president, okay? This, you needed that shit. So just the arc annoys me. It's like, okay, this is dumb. Because, and, and now I, I will say, I don't know if it's just, like, I think it's mainly this movie. Because their relationship and the stuff that she does doesn't overly annoy me in the other movies. Like, I'll be like, okay, like Iron Man 1. And I think it works just fine because that's the origin story. Where she's like, oh my god, this is crazy. That works. Iron Man 2, okay, not bad. Iron Man 3, she's annoying as shit. And then she, like, she, I, I think they kind of got the hint. Because she's not really in a whole lot of the other, like, Avengers movies and stuff like that. She's in a few of them. And I think she is important to the story. And I do think her and Robert Downey Jr. have great chemistry together. I do think there are moments in the movie where it does work really well. But she's just too annoying. And she takes too much of a center stage in the movie for me. It bugs the crap out of me. So, yeah. I'm going to give this... It's a hard rating for me in terms of, like, 
because part like part of me is like there's some really good parts and there's a lot a lot a lot of garbage so it's hard for me to give it a rating so i'm gonna give this movie a rating a five out of ten it's an average movie it's okay i catch me on the right day i might say this is a four but i really think it is a five out of ten i know this thing's rated like 780 like all that shit it's not that good it's not as good as the majority of movies it's average at best unfortunately it's 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 got a lot of it's got a, a decent amount of good and a lot of shit and it's not awful to watch it wasn't like a slog for me to get through like some other movies like vacation the, the movie 40 uh boobs or Ghostbusters. It's not one of those movies. It's not so painfully dumb where you can't watch it. But it isn't good. If that makes sense. It's okay. I probably will never watch this again. But it's not as bad as I remember. Yeah, I think that's the best I can give this. It's not awful. It's definitely not one of the good MCU films. But it's definitely bad. So, oh. It's not bad, but it's definitely not good. It's it's definitely okay. It's I. So yeah. Hope you enjoyed this review. If you did, I uh, I've reviewed a bunch of other movies at this point. So if you want to give those a little give those a listen, <laughs> I highly appreciate it. Uh, I have an Instagram page, Dr. Rocky's movie reviews. If you want to go check that shit out, I highly appreciate it. I have a Twitch channel, uh, Dr. Underscore Quacker 66. If you want to go check that shit out. I play any games I want to play. Currently playing Borderlands 2. I don't know how long I'll play Borderlands 2. Probably switch to like Mass Effect or something like that soon. Games I love. Maybe Lego Star Wars. Who knows? So, yeah. Um, Also, please help support my sponsors. Really helps grow the channel. So, thank you. Stay tuned. Let's face it, we all drop hundreds of dollars on shit that hasn't done much good. When was the last time you spent just $225 and you actually profoundly changed your life? Answer, most likely never. Well, if you want your chance, here it is. If you are out of shape and have said more times you can count, I need to do something about this. This is opportunity knocking. You have approximately 3,640 weeks in your lifetime. 16 spent wisely can make whatever you have left better than you could have imagined. Get in or back in shape with expert guidance from a certified and experienced professional trainer. No crash diets, no bulk shit, just results. Visit www.vikingfitnessnh.com, mention Dr. Quackers, and get 10% off your, your custom fitness plan. Again, that's www.vikingfitnessnh.com. Thank you.